0: Leaving a Legacy is brought to you by HipstersOfTheCoast.com and can be found on the Top Deck app every Friday. You can support the show directly at Patreon.com slash Leaving a Legacy.
1: Magic is power. <laughs> you uncomfortable, Pat? Uh, extremely. Alright. And I'm sure Wizards will make the right decision. <laughs> 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 every time. Oh, Same. oh boy. <laughs> <laughs> she <and> she. <laughs>
0: Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Leaving a Legacy. My name is Patrick. I'm your Legacy newbie. With me this week, as always, Mr. Jerry. Me. What's up, Jerry?
1: Not much, Pat. Not
0: much. How are you doing, dude? I'm doing great, man. I'm doing great. How are you? I,
1: I'm I'm awesome. I'm bummed that I missed Eternal Weekend this weekend because I was working all weekend. Yeah,
0: yeah. Me too. I've um, been doing like seventy hours a week the last like uh, I don't know. Feels like two months. So been uh not a lot of magic but uh yeah eternal weekend i heard was packed man i know right
1: i i'm regretting it because i on sunday i told my boss that he should shove a rusty spoon up his butt yep. and if i had told him that on friday i would have been able to play eternal weekend <laughs> but unfortunately he didn't break me until sunday so i i got to say that and miss eternal weekend i got the worst of both wow ones. wait did,
0: was this like a were you holding out for more pay again is that what this was
1: No, it was, he, so I volunteered to do this, like, uh, work event for our students, which was, like, an all-day event on Sunday, and I was 10 minutes late to it, because I was buying the staff breakfast out of my own pocket, Mm -hmm. and my boss basically, like, shamed me for being 10 minutes late to an event I volunteered for, and I was late because I was buying him and everyone else breakfast. Wow. (laughs) So I just said, you can go fuck yourself. sounds like (laughs) a real fucking peach. Yeah, but. So I missed eternal weekend. So I'm going to get to live vicariously through it. This, this episode though.
0: Pat. Yeah, we have a, uh, so we were going to have one guest on last night, but that person could not make it. So instead we are having, well, Jerry just hit like the Forex multiplier jackpot for this one.
1: <laughs> I hit the Powerball,
2: Pat.
0: Yeah.
1: I hit the Powerball.
0: <laughs> yeah. So we have, I mean, this is like, I think this is the most people we've had in an LAL uh, episode yet and 300 and some odd episodes. So this is a first for us. Uh, why don't we Jerry, how do you want to do this? You want to have everyone go around and sort of introduce themselves?
1: Yeah, let's go around the t- the table here and uh have everyone talk about themselves, let them let uh, everyone know kind of what their deal is. Uh I'm going to start on my clockwise uh with uh Chris. You want to you want to start things off?
3: Yeah, what's up guys? <clears throat> uh powerball might be a bit of a strong word <laughs> at least on mine. <laughs> <own. laughs>
1: So, so, who are you? What do you play? What event did you do, and how'd you place?
3: All uh, right, so I'm Chris Percival, uh, also known as Sea Cream Online. <laughs> Great screen name. Okay. So uh, yeah, Solid. yeah. Uh, my! My cousins have called, haven't called me by my name in over a decade. It's all yeah. What's up, Creamy? <laughs>
2: <laughs>
3: uh, so uh, I was the Green Post player. Or a twelve post Malone. As I, call it.
0: I like it. Uh, nice the, uh, so, the
3: Sunday Maze of Ify Event and uh, lost in the first round of Top Eight.
1: Hey, Top Eight still made Top Eight. Yeah,
3: that is true. <laughs> I mean, my boss told me I still suck when I told him.
1: But, you know. <laughs> sounds like your boss and my boss can get along. <laughs> your boss
3: <laughs> sounds like my mom. <laughs> Yeah, my dad used to do that shit too. But, uh, yeah, Our our
4: boss. No, my, my dad sends it in an email. <laughs> oh, there
1: you go. Awesome. All right, Devin, you're next.
5: Yeah, uh I'm Devin Puy. I play seventeenth in the Sunday event. Uh after following Chris, I'm wishing I had some cool nicknames, but uh, <laughs> and uh I played uh Show and tell, which is pretty sure the only reason why I'm here is uh, Jerry just wanted to get a show and tell player <laughs> on the cast.
1: <laughs> I mean, top 32ing with show and tell is like top eighting show and tell. With my <laughs> I'll take it. <laughs> awesome. Uh, what about you, Drew? Uh,
4: I'm uh, Drew Kobus. Um, I uh, do a little bit of streaming on Twitch, playing Magic uh, every now and then. Um, I uh, played Hogak. Uh, got third place in the Sunday uh, Maze of Ith event, so that's three for three so far. People played Sunday, <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, dreaded dreaded Gak ran people over. Uh, had a had a great time. Um,
3: nice, yeah. Not enough awesome. crop rotations, I
1: guess.
3: <laughs> <laughs> Not, like- Not enough
1: crop. <laughs> Need more bogs. We need to, We need to fill the swamp. I, fill the swamp. On my, my
4: my winning opponent was was uh, crop rotating for bog and <laughs> had me real scared. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and last but not least, joining us all the way from Japan, so I'm going to wish him a good morning. Uh, how's it going, Luke?
6: It's so it's so good. Nice to meet everybody. Happy yeah. to be on. Definitely, so yeah, I'm Luke Jones and I uh, played Death and Taxes in the Friday Caracas event. And I placed eight. I managed to avoid a lot of uh, plague engineers and dead awakers.
2: <laughs> so, uh, you know, <laughs> well, that I, I, helped.
1: <laughs> I know a lot of people have been saying Death and Taxes has been uh, dead, but multiple Death and Taxes listed, uh, uh, Death and Taxes lists <laughs> uh, posted up top eights. And I believe Death and Taxes even won on Friday, if I'm remembering that correctly. Uh,
6: um, I think Saturday yeah.
4: it won. Saturday it won on it was Saturday. The, it know. was the highest number of uh, X2 and better in Sunday's event.
6: Yeah. yeah. I think it was one of the better performing decks.
4: Did really well. So
1: really coming out swinging with Death and Taxes. So great great to have you on as well to give us that uh the inevitable Death and Taxes uh the rundown.
3: <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> Guaranteed.
1: Um so I guess first of all for all our listeners who kind of missed it, what what was the event like playing in it? You know, how did it feel? Like well, I guess how, how many of you guys have been to a real or at uh in person eternal weekend versus this was your your first time
3: so uh i live in pittsburgh so i've been to the last 3 3 or 4 so it's very convenient for me so i was a little bummed we weren't having it this year nice but uh but, you know pa- papers always better but this was still fun and still feels like an accomplishment so
5: i uh you know i've been to a few paper Eternal Weekends. And so I'm from C- Central Mass. And the worst part about the paper Eternal Weekends was the drive to Pittsburgh. Like, once you mm. got to Pittsburgh,
2: <laughs> it's a fine city. <laughs> but that drive is miserable. <sighs>
1: Uh, Awesome. What about you, Drew? Uh,
4: Well, this is uh, my first ever Eternal Weekend because I'm a poor young buck who doesn't have a lot of old cards (laughs) in paper. Um, So uh, the the whole way they set up this one was actually really great and gave me an opportunity because I love playing. uh, uh, I I live in Richmond, uh, Virginia, uh, Mm -hmm. so I get to play some, like, legacy with friends of mine locally. um, And I've done some, like, local, you know, at my LGS uh, events that I can, like, proxy for. But I've never actually been able to do a lot of, like, big events. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've done some classics mm-hmm. and things, but being able to, like, test and, like, change things out with the, the like, god account, as people have been calling them, uh, yep. was, was really great because it meant that I got to Audible last minute off of what I was going to play. <laughs> um, and uh, just being able to have the accessibility and, and having a great time in my first Eternal Weekend was, was a real big plus for me, so...
0: Aud- Audible last minute is like the most classic like magic player before a big tournament move. <laughs> I, I love it. I love it.
2: I played, I played two choice? leagues.
4: Uh, I, uh, my first choice was Maverick because like my license plate is 1GWKOTR. So uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a Knight of the Reliquary boy through and through, but it just didn't feel like it could beat the Oko deck. So I played two leagues with Hogak on Saturday night and booted it up on Sunday. Awesome.
1: And uh, what about you, Luke? So, you, Luke, you're in J- Japan, are you, but are you studying in Japan? Do you live in Japan full time?
6: Yeah, I've been at here for about four years now, and a university student, so studying. And uh, but I work part time for Haruya, If you've oh, heard of them, quite a nice. big magic company <laughs> out in Japan.
2: Pat,
4: Pat loves your sleeves. I do.
0: I have. I, that's all. I, I've I've only been using Haruuya sleeves since like
6: 2016. I think I love them.
4: I got a, I got a, I got a few friends just like you.
6: Yeah, <laughs> we have a couple of limited uh, black ones now. So if you ever want any, hit me yes. <laughs> I'm I will, sure I can get some out. So uh, yeah, it was my first on weekend too, as I previously lived in the UK. So I was never really close enough mm-hmm. <laughs> to attend attend the ones, obviously. But uh, I've played in a few events quite like it out in Japan. Like we have a Eternal party, and mm-hmm. we also have a KMCs out here. Oh yeah which often fire off for quite a lot of people. And uh, I think we also had the last Legacy GP before it all ended, maybe, yep. in Shizuoka, I think. Yep. So uh, that was pretty fun.
1: And then there's also, uh, it's, I'm sure it's still a ways away, but then there's also the big uh, Beijing Legacy Tournament, too. Uh, of
6: um, course, yeah.
1: I forget what it's called, but yeah. So, I mean, there's definitely no shortage of uh, Legacy Tournaments in Japan and in the region in general.
6: Yeah, it's, uh, Eternal Formats are really heavy out here. I think you can play Legacy almost every weeknight if you really want to. That's it, awesome. Which is, uh, All right, I gotta move to Japan. Nice to <laughs> that's that's cool. <laughs> <laughs> that's definitely, definitely. I mean, I've been saying yeah. that for
4: years already. <laughs> yeah.
6: So yeah. awesome.
1: So we got a good we got a good mix. So I mean, obviously, like Chris said, paper is gonna be better. It's just better to play in person. But did you feel that this event kind of captured the spirit of Eternal Weekend in your guys' point of view?
3: In a way, I mean, they were still doing the um, paintings, which was very cool. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, a bunch of legacy heads getting together. I saw some familiar names. Mm-hmm. So it it definitely had the spirit, if not the gathering part. Gotcha. For, for me, like, I, I
5: really miss the gathering part. Like, uh, like I'm one of the ones one of the uh, MTG sick deals admins and like eternal weekend is like one of the times where we like all get together, get drunk, mm-hmm. that sort of thing. So, <laughs> so like not having that, that aspect of it was like, all right, so I'm just playing magic.
1: <laughs> I, I, need, I need my Calvin. Fix. That's, yes. that's what I'm missing. <laughs> Cal, Calvin's another uh, admin of MTG sick deals, but he's also just like super well known on the, uh, the circuit as a uh, as a magic dealer, and just one of my favorite things about going to events is just going and shooting the shit with all the dealers, especially Galvin. No. But yeah, that I can definitely see missing out from the uh, you know the digital Eternal weekends.
4: You
5: just you just gotta drink at home, and it's not the same.
2: Yeah, right. <laughs> I mean, uh,
4: I uh, I can't speak for Eternal weekends in general, of course, because uh, I haven't actually had an opportunity to go to them. But uh, as far as like paper events, like I'm always gonna love my paper events more. Uh, but being able to—I actually had a, a buddy of mine because I was—I was streaming, um, and he would jump into a Discord call with me between rounds once we were both finished up. And we would chat, and I'd uh, he shared his screen with me so I could like commentate on what he was doing if he ran longer than me because I was playing Hogak. He ran longer than me a lot because um, he was on DNT. So you know, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. But being able to talk with him between rounds and like you know shoot the shit a little bit like we used to, and then uh, we had victory drinks at home. So <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs>
2: that that
1: that's what I'm really regretting. Like if I if I wasn't working this weekend, what I really wanted to do. And hopefully we're not in the same situation next year. But. You know, if we are, I think what would be cool is setting up, like, Discord parties for these events. And maybe not for Eternal Weekend, but if we do, like, other big legacy tournaments, um, that's something that the community can start to do uh, to kind of bring back that gathering
4: experience. Definitely missed being able to walk uh, across the convention center and sit down next to my buddy and watch him, you know, battle his way out of, like, six turns deep into... (laughs) Nothingness. Uh,
2: <laughs>
4: and the, uh, the, the hugs afterwards and the cheering is, is definitely missed. But,
3: you know, what yeah, are you going to do? For sure. Nobody wants to hug me anyway.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
0: I didn't realize it was Sad Boy Magic Hours tonight.
4: <laughs> it's, it's,
2: hey, look, it's always Sad Boy Magic
4: Hours. I don't usually make it into Top 64. <laughs>
1: oh, man so let's talk about kind of the event in general it seems like it was an overwhelming success like they they capped out the events uh wizards i don't think has put anything out but i feel this this has got to send a message to wizards right
4: absolutely i i'm really hoping they do more things like this uh being able to like provide full access to cards for entering an event or i honestly hope they do it like as a subscription service where you can just like subscribe to get all the cards make it a lot more accessible to play different things on, on magic online mm-hmm. and just being able to have that availability to test and change things and, and do that. Like they capped all three events and they had to refund people's tokens. Like really? it was, Yeah. Well, they raised yeah. the cap for uh, the next one um, and they had to refund people's tokens because the events capped so quickly. Some people weren't able to get in after buying mm. the tokens.
3: That's
0: awesome. So, I mean, that's, that sucks, but that's awesome at the same time.
3: Yeah. Yeah, I was super yeah. lucky because I didn't get home till like 1:15 or so on Sunday, mm-hmm. and it started at two, so yeah. like I got in just in time. There oh. was already 620 some people. Yeah, oh. it was too it was uh, close. Uh, yeah.
1: I saw someone posted that they edited their deck. And when you edit your deck, it, like, takes you mm-hmm. out of the tournament, so you resubmit wow. it. Wow. So he, like, he went to edit his deck. He edited his deck, went to go resubmit, and the event was capped. Wow. Out it was, it was
2: oh, that's, <laughs> that's
0: so brutal. Is. Sucks. That, yeah, it.
1: like, that is painful. Um, So definitely sucks that not everyone could play in it, but it is just a good sign just for the health of Legacy yeah. in general that even in these times, you still have thousands of people wanting to play Legacy around the
4: yeah. world. Yeah. Um, Well, and that's, uh, like, Legacy is such a sweet format, but the barrier to entry for a lot of people is availability, right? Mm -hmm. Like, it's always, always, you know, I can't afford to buy these cards. Even on Moto, some of these decks are rather expensive, Mm -hmm. you know. Mm -hmm. But making it more accessible for people who, like, maybe like me, have only ever played it, you know, casually with their friends and have, like, loved the format and have played a lot of the format, you know, in a non-competitive set, but have had to, like, borrow cards to play, you know, classics and things. Being able to just go in and know that you can play all the cards sounds... Awesome for the game in general, and they made money hand over fist over at Wizards. So I they can't must imagine have, right? not doing yeah. more of these. Mm-hmm.
2: Oh, oh
1: yeah. t- like twenty five. Like so, I pay. So I do a uh, rental service for Magic Online, uh, and I pay like seven dollars a week to basically have, rent whatever I want. Wizards is charging
4: twenty five
1: dollars a yeah. week for these events. Well, so yeah, they're making bank.
4: what? Mana, Mana Traders does like thirty five, and like that's still reasonable.
1: Well, that's 35 a month. Yeah. So that's what I'm saying. Like, so it breaks down. But yeah, so, I mean, I don't want to open this can of worms and beat a dead horse (laughs) even more, but it just, it really kind of gives a glimpse into what Legacy would look like without the reserve list.
5: Mm Yeah. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Which, I mean, I'm not, you know, pro reserve list, against reserve list, but my favorite thing about Legacy that kind of like this event missed on is like when you go to like Paper Eternal Weekend. Everybody's just so fucking happy to be there, yeah. Because they're just yeah. like, yep. I yeah. get to play with these cards. Yep. So yeah. So like, because they're such sweet yeah. yeah. cards, right? Which like, I don't think everybody like the people who like aren't used to the format didn't really get to appreciate with this event. They're like, oh, cool, I can I can borrow everything. That's sick. But they didn't yeah. have the like, you know, this is this is my one time a year where I can just play with these cards. And the person I'm sitting against, yeah. he's not. You know what? He might be trying to win, but he's just here to have a good time.
2: Yeah. 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 Yeah,
3: yeah, you get to hang so with guys. all the old heads and talk shit on the new borders. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
5: What's this dumb hologram? <laughs> hey, yeah. I, had some,
2: I had some expedition fetchlands
4: in my deck. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> some, of those, some of those new ones
2: are nice. Oh no! Some of those are nice.
4: I was,
1: I was talking to my buddy DJ, and he like went into a league. And someone just—he played his first couple cards, and then his opponent just snap conceded the match because his deck was all foiled Because his, it's a god account, so he has access to all cards, including foils. So he's just like, "I'm not playing against foils." And his opponent just snap conceded the match in a league, like not the tournament practice room, like in a league. Man. Speaking <laughs> of leagues,
3: you beat me, Jerry, you bastard. Oh, did I? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, with your one of my one of my rare wins.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Piss me off. Probably one of the few people I actually managed to beat with Stifle Knob. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! Kind of like the. Sna- I know who I'm coming. <laughs> I know who
4: I'm coming to next for some spice. <laughs> yes.
5: <laughs> so kind of st-
4: <laughs> blue
1: black Stifle Knot
5: Kind of stemming off the like the snap concede. Like I'm really glad that with the God accounts, they did not give you access to secret layer cards.
1: Yes.
2: Mm-hmm. I, want, I wanted no, to play no Yargle Swords the
1: Plowshares <laughs> That's fine. If if I had if, if I had seen Rick top eight in Eternal Weekend, I would have
5: just like pulled the plug. Uh, I mean, I couldn't use the Tattoo Spell Pierce, so I'm just like not. I'm not running Spell Pierce. <laughs>
4: my, 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 my buddy was really upset he couldn't put uh, Tattoo uh,
3: Pithing Needle in his Vintage deck, so. <laughs> Mm-hmm. say i love the tattoo pissing needle it is yeah. it is sweet it is That's sweet out nice of all one. the secret
0: layers it's one of my favorites for sure
4: I, I was i i had i had my uh like box top revenge vines i was ready to go <laughs> <laughs> uh
1: i think uh luke were you saying something i think we cut you off
6: oh no it's it's all good i was gonna say i think legacy has something that you don't necessarily find with the other formats is that like the community is extremely dedicated to yeah. it yeah Mm-hmm. So it's like, even in Japan, it's like a really friendly community and everybody's always like really diehard mm-hmm. about their deck. But yeah. so like the play, the play level is obviously up there and like the passion's up yeah. there. Yeah.
0: That, that, yeah, that definitely, definitely translates. Uh, I, I think, you know, that's one of my favorite things about going to these tournaments is like, I'm not the spikiest player. I mean, I, obviously you play to win and obviously all, all the, all the people in this room right now are guys who play to win the game. Um, but like my favorite part of it has always been, <laughs> my favorite part of it has always been the community. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's. Meeting up with the people there and you know is just it's just the best part of the game for me. So um, yeah, I, I completely uh, uh, agree with with that statement for sure.
6: Yeah, I'm not so sure about the winning though. <laughs> I, I, uh, I I ran a Death Shadow with the Arc Light Phoenix package Ooh, for close to a year in hot. Japan, and I managed to top eight a couple of the bigger events I hit with it. That nice. was uh, <laughs>
0: that
2: was pretty fun.
0: <laughs> so so I have a question. I'm I'm curious. Like the fact that you guys all had, you know, that everyone had access to these god accounts, did it change your approach to uh, submitting a deck for this event? Like versus like, if you just had to. I know, I know, uh, Drew had said like, you know, you don't get to play paper events very often, but did it change? Like, you know, did did having like basically unlimited cards like change the way you were prepared and like decks that you submitted for the events, or did you just kind of like would you have played what you had regardless?
3: well for me not even a little bit uh i played this deck last year at eternal weekend uh and went x2 so decided to run it back (laughs) with a few updates yeah i i only lost to uh two rugged over decks with running six last year.
0: Okay.
2: <laughs> with I'll go so running six.
3: Yeah. So obviously. I just got shivers. The, <laughs> the land-based deck, I was, I was happy that was going, yeah. and that everybody's playing you know, slow, controly stuff.
5: Mm-hmm. Now, so. what, what about you, Devin? So I went based off, so I have Death and Taxes and Show and Tell Built in Paper. So I knew I wanted to build, play something I had built in paper, because like, I didn't want to do well with a deck I didn't own, and then be like, I got to buy Underground Seas. Like. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so you
1: start, you start Googling, how do I turn treasure chests into... Right. <laughs> um, yeah.
5: And so going into testing, I tested pretty heavily with both decks and I'm really bad with Moto just in general. And I found out I kept misclicking on like, I would accidentally tick up Aether Vials on Death and Taxes uh... and make dumb mistakes like that. It's like, mm-hmm. you that's know so what, triggers. I'm just going to pick the deck with the least clicks. <laughs> <laughs>
2: and, yeah, see, see, show and tell
1: is, like, highest skill level, but lowest clicks. Like, like skill to click ratio, and show and tell is through the roof. And
2: like, yeah.
5: I found, like, with Death and Taxes, you know when I was doing well? Like, there were times when I just lost a timer, and, like, yeah. that's just such yeah. a feel bad. Like, yeah. if I'm going to lose, yeah. I want to yeah. lose yeah. on my own merit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Definitely. The time, time I took a lot of
6: getting used to. <laughs> yeah.
2: yeah.
0: What, what about you, Luke? Did having like an unlocked account kind of change you know, your approach to submitting a deck for the event?
6: Well, I'm, I'm kind of similar, similar to Devon. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, I've actually never played MTGO before or Death and Taxes mm-hmm. until like the night before the event. <laughs> I watch a lot of streams, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> that was about it. I, uh, I actually started building the deck in uh, paper like uh, DNT and Legacy mm-hmm. Humans. So I was between those two decks because again I didn't want to buy dual lands if I did well. <laughs> <laughs>
0: right. I, I like the aspirations yeah. you guys have you're like yeah, hey, I, I don't want to I don't want to paint myself into having to buy some really expensive cards if I do well. So <laughs> I
1: yeah. can get that that perspective though cuz you're like, man, the only thing holding <laughs> me back is my wallet. So I just gotta <laughs> open my wallet a little wider. <laughs> well,
3: yeah, because un- until this, most people use MTGO to test for paper events, right? So you play right. decks you have in paper, so it makes yep. sense to me.
6: Yeah, I felt that it had like a good rug matchup, which I thought there would be like a lot of, especially on the Friday. Mm-hmm. Event. And uh, yeah, I didn't lose to it all weekend. So Nice, nice rug is definitely a nice one.
5: Every time I played against like specifically Blue Red Delver, I'm like, Shh, I wish I had Stoneforge, I wish I had. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Yeah.
1: What What about you, Drew? How, uh, how did it affect your decision? Well, uh,
4: as I mentioned before, uh, I, uh, I did the last minute audible the night before. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and as, as someone who doesn't actually, uh, I was buying into legacy Maverick for a little while, uh, last year. Cause I played, uh, I've always been a fan of Battle of the reliquary ever since I played modern uh, Bant Nightfall and had my first mm-hmm. like IQ top eight um, and I was like this is my deck I'm gonna play this forever um, <laughs> and I uh, started getting into legacy playing Maverick and I, uh, I did like a few classics with it last year and had like a 13th and like a 20 second place finish in those and I was like really amped up I was like I love this deck you know and testing for this one I was like all right well I'm going to take advantage of the the God account to just test all the different flavors of Maverick. And so I was, like, testing Abzan. I tested straight green-white. I tested Abzan with Sigarda, host of herons in the main. I tested, uh, oh, yeah. like... I tested, like, punishing Maverick, and all of them just kept losing to Oko, and I was like, man, this sucks. And, uh, <laughs> and so I, 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 t- I tanked really, really hard on, uh, like, Saturday afternoon, and I was like, ah, I just I just don't know if I can play Maverick. And I was like, what's a deck in Legacy that I think I can pick up and, like, know the play patterns for? And I was like, I played Hogak when it was in Modern. I went and I did a couple events with that. I, like, spent a lot of time learning that deck to try and, like, do well with it and i was like all right let's let's try a league with this and and so having the, the 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 god account was actually really helpful letting me like you know do that last minute audible and uh it worked out yeah. so yeah definitely definitely nice. was helpful definitely a big fan of it
0: would you guys be more inclined especially the guys who don't play magic online um irregularly would you be more inclined to play like legacy leagues and events like like say challenges if you had these unlocked accounts available to you whenever you wanted to play an event
5: oh yeah of course 100%. Yeah. I play every day. Wow. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> like for the people who don't like have a deck built on MTGO, like especially us that like placed, what are we supposed to do with these play points? Like <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
4: I mean, I'm I'm using them I'm using them for more stream leagues, so.
2: <laughs> <Hey>. <laughs>
1: Just enter some drafts and money. Drafts. <laughs> use them
4: Use them. Nine, 900,
1: play point, 900 play points of money drafts. Well,
5: like, yeah, Sky play that is like $8 on TGO for no. For...
4: Hey, that card's broken. I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah,
5: but it's $2 of paper.
4: Yeah. Pri- Moto pricing's weird because yeah. uh, Black, Black Lotus is 10 bucks. Like. <laughs> <laughs>
1: It's, it shows I, I view moto as like pure demand because for the most part Moto has like it's not exact, but it's pretty close to unlimited supply. Yeah. like you as as long as the sets are still being uh, available for draft or whatever, you can get tons and tons and tons of them and they repeat pre, uh, reprint things often enough and then the treasure chests also put more supply yeah. out there. So, it's not perfect infinite supply, but it's pretty close to it. So, I view moto prices as a real just gauge on the actual demand for cards in the various mm-hmm. formats. Yeah. Um, let's talk about kind of the meta of the events, though. Like, going into the event, Rug Delver was definitely the boogeyman. How do you feel that played out in the Swiss and then also the top eights? What did you guys see?
3: So, uh, for me, I don't know about you guys, but I actually didn't play against any Delver decks. Hmm. I was wow. shocked. Uh, I played against a ton of, like, Oko control decks. Um, I think it was two of the Onnath Zenith decks that uh, mm-hmm. I think placed or won the Friday event, something like that. Uh, so I ran into, like, a ton of good matchups. Um, and then I faced Blood Moon Stompy in, like, the eighth round. It was pretty late.
0: Was that Um, Zach? I wonder if that was Zach.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Was it, yeah, Optimus Optimus Prime? (laughs) I don't think so. That doesn't sound familiar. (laughs) Yeah, I I just remember, like, he's on the play, turn one Blood Moon, and not hating anybody for playing the deck. Like, if Blood Moon Stompy is your deck, more power to Mm -hmm. you. But just remember thinking, damn it. I'm going to lose to a deck that's actively bad in <laughs> <laughs> a and, and knock me out of top eight. And, so. and it was
4: what, like round nine or something? <laughs> yeah, it was like eight or
3: nine. <laughs> I, I was a little pissed. But I actually 2 owed them thanks to Golos and Cole. Hey! <laughs> that card's broken. Uh... Right? And uh, to two blue-green show-and-tell decks. Um, which I was able to blow them out by... Mm. Gr- Show and tell glimmer post trigger, cruise and grip your uh, omniscience twice in one match. <laughs> yeah
1: just... Wow, thanks so much for joining us, Chris. <laughs> yeah. Thanks so much. We'll <laughs> see you later. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm
2: awesome.
3: <laughs> giving everybody the tactics there. Uh, so, actually, yeah, it, I didn't get to scope the deck list. So, Devin, I'm curious if you were on blue green or like speaking show or what. But, uh, yeah, so. So that's how my event went. No, no rugged over decks. A ton of snow.
5: So I was on uh, blue red uh, with one trot main, so I could veil of summer main, uh, because this was my first time like actually playing sneak and show or show and tell in a like a larger event. And I was like, mm-hmm. I want. Mm-hmm. I want the skill matches to be as little skill intensive as possible. <laughs> so I'm like, sure, I'll bait it with the Veil of Summer. See what happens. Um, yeah. I also only played two two Delver decks. Uh, one was like uh, Death Shadow Delver. Another was Blue Red. Uh, I felt bad
3: for Death the... Shadow so bad.
5: I felt bad for the Death Shadow guy because we were down to game three. He had me if at any point his Delvers could flip, and ah. I ran away with. A one of Oko from the sideboard that I turned my Lotus Petal into a 3 3 after he got rid of my trap. So I had to like sack a Lotus Petal, play an Oko, and like attack with a different Lotus Petal. <laughs> That's great. And I think when he finally flipped his Delver, I'm just like, okay, I'm going to take that. And he's like, okay. <laughs>
3: Quality well, magic right there.
4: Well, uh, Chris, I think I played against all your Delver opponents. Uh, <laughs> I uh, I played against... So I played against three Teamer Delver and five Oko Snow variants. Um, and I came to the determination that if you show up with Hogak and your opponent plays Tropical Island, you win the game.
2: Um, <laughs> yeah.
4: Like, there were a lot of times where like, my opponent went like, yeah, I've got a Delver of Secrets. It flipped, and I was like, all right, cool. My turn two, here's 12 power. I'm going to attack you for four. Go. How do you deal with an 8-8? Like, <laughs> well, because you, you like Stitcher Supplier, and they're like, ah, they they tank on it. They go Force of Will. It's like, all right, cool. Uh, turn two, here's a Hedron Crab. Fetch land. Get back a Blood Gassed, uh Play a Stitcher Supplier. Get back these Venge Vines. Cast Hogak. You're dead. Um, <laughs> yep. And they Pretty just like, mind rotted themselves for no reason. So I definitely felt like... Hogak was really good at at beating through the decks that were relying on, like, Force of Will and, like, the cantrips to, like, let them dirtle around. uh, Because you just don't let them dirtle around. Mm -hmm. Um, And a lot of those decks were only playing, like, Surgical Extraction to beat, like, Reanimator for their hate. And I played through Double Surgical surgical Extraction, like, I think, like, eight of my game twos and threes. Like, it it was just not good enough to punish me for what I was doing. Um... And uh, so that was that was sort of my take on on the meta was uh, I showed up with Hogek and the Tropical Island X cried.
6: <laughs> nice.
4: What about you, Luke?
6: Yeah, I had like a, I got pretty lucky with my matchups. I feel I played a uh, delver twice, and then I played a uh, Blue Green Omnitel three times. Even in round ten, that was my yeah. kind of winning in was <laughs> against o- Omnitel. Uh, and then af- after that, I played quite a uh, an interesting mix of like one of decks. Like I played humans in round eight, which was yep. pretty a pretty close one. Especially Rick, I got Rick rolling No, no, in no game, game one. Oh, so uh, that means
1: they actually like bought Rick to play it against you. I would have done Oh yeah.
6: It's, well, I, w- I was uh, I, don't, I don't know if you know him. It's the five color humans, kind of one of the main members. Oh, of the Eddie, deck, Eddie, I guess. like uh yeah, it's Yo,
2: yeah, so easy. Yeah. Man, come on, Eddie. I expected better than you. I expected better than you. That man you was so in Rick. on Rick Grimes. <laughs>
6: yeah, like, Rick, Rick is uh, pretty scary.
1: <laughs> yeah, uh, maybe I don't blame him that much just because of how good Rick is,
6: but yeah. <laughs> De- Definitely a busted guy. Um, uh, the matchup I struggled with was Snoko, so I managed to only uh, play it twice, I think, all day, and uh, that's what kicked me out of the top eight, oh. too. Oh. Main main deck, uh, dead winters is rough, especially when you have three Apparations out that have XL three okos. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they just get like three three threes, and you're like, oh well, GG. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was pretty good.
1: <laughs> um, one thing I noticed is uh, kind of the overall lack of combo decks. So Drew and Devin, you guys both here, and Devin, I know you were say uh, you were giving yourself shit because you didn't top eight. You top, top, you came in seventeenth, but you were the number one ranked show and tell player of Ooh-ooh. the tournament. I'll hey, we we'll take it. <laughs> so it, it it definitely seems like it was not a very favorable meta for combo decks. Tell that to the
4: oops all spells guy. <laughs> Besides, cool. also the oops all spells guy. He, he was uh, the, my only the... loss in Swiss. Right.
1: Yeah. So I mean, was it just that there weren't a lot of combo decks in the room? Because I mean, we did see a couple combo decks convert to top eight. You know, between you, Drew, and then the oops all spells guy but it's not like we saw the usual contenders that much of like storm and definitely the show and tell decks. While there were a couple of them, they didn't really do
4: all that well. Um, I think my, my best take on that is I think people were scared to play combo in this meta with as much Delver and Snoko as was going around. People were just like a lot of blue. Maybe, maybe they didn't want to play it. I know uh, on the Hogak end, like the Hogak deck is built to be able to be a combo deck, but I think I combo killed someone twice the entire day. Like mm-hmm. the I boarded out Alter of Dementia a lot. Like it was not a combo day for Hogak. I just wanted to like put fifteen power in play and beat him down. Um so I think I think because they were just gonna be a lot easier at, at disrupting the combo and like if I try to set up for it early, like Oko gets to turn Alter into a three three and this is like, alright, cool. Um but it was it was just um I think I think it may have been a, a combination of people being afraid to play combo, new people to the format who didn't feel big brain enough to play combo, um, and like people just like uh, again people newer to the format, you know, people who are picking it up, you because know, of the god accounts, being like, okay, what's the best deck and coming into Delver or Snoko and like seeing like okay, this is the Snoko deck, this has got to be the broken deck, and then they signed up with it, and I think that's why we saw a lot more Snoko decks than um, than like Delver and, and combo.
1: That's that's a good point because I mean Snowco is a large part part of the meta already, but it's also a super expensive deck even on Magic Online, and I think with the God accounts we saw like even even higher percentage of Snowco decks than we normally would.
5: I think it being online uh, might have been like was my big reason for not even like looking at Snowco because kind of like we were talking about earlier of. Uh, like in paper, if you go to time with Snowco, that's fine. Like if you won game one, you get the win, or you can you can close it out. But on on online, if you go to time, you probably just l- lost yourself, mm-hmm. and that's yeah. that's right. why I lean towards combo because it was a
3: I don't want my timer to run yeah. out for sure. That
1: that is definitely something.
5: yeah.
3: So there <clears throat> there definitely was at least some combo in the tournament. So, outside of the the two show-and-tell decks I played against, my buddy who played Hogak played, I think he ended up dropping after round eight, and like five or six of his matches were against combo decks. Like uh, Tess, show-and-tell, what else did he play against? Reanimator, maybe. Oops All Spells was one of them. Yeah. It was just like, he was definitely in the combo bracket.
2: Yeah. And
3: he was winning early on, too. So, at least some of them were winning for a while.
4: That's impressive because I showed up against all spells and I was like, "Well, all right, didn't have a chance there." On to the next one, like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yep. I was like I had the ley line and then he drew the uh the force and I was like, "All right, cool." GG. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, I I would dark. love for
1: someone to do like a like a data is beautiful beautiful style uh graph where it shows like the percentage during each round of a tournament like how much of it if the winner's bracket is combo versus fair and then just seeing how those ratios change yeah how, from round how
4: quickly round. things fall off you know
2: mm-hmm. yeah, yeah
1: like it's like oh the beginning we have a whole bunch of combo decks and then in the middle of the tournament they all fall off the face of a cliff yeah. and it's all like oh go and rug delver decks and then you get to like the top eight and it's like the like f- couple really good combo players are able to fight through it and then when they get to the top eight because i feel like big tournaments there's two tournaments there's the swiss and then there's the top eight yeah and the swiss meta is very different from the top eight yeah. meta.
4: well because yeah. uh, in the sunday event there was only like one uh snoko deck uh for sunday right. like and i saw five of them in swiss like <laughs>
3: <laughs> yeah we had some pretty diverse top eights i think yeah yeah it's pre- pretty good to see
6: yeah like a combo deck i saw uh become a little more popular I guess this weekend was like tin fins with the doomsday sideboard
3: yeah, I have
1: been seeing that around I've been I've played against that a few times in mm-hmm. leagues and I I think it's awesome that tin fins is you know rearing its yeah. it's horn head again yeah,
3: sounds kind of <laughs> uh,
6: dope like a lot of a lot of my friends are combo players at heart and obviously with veil vale, storm is a little scary at play right now.
2: Mm-hmm.
6: So uh, being able to game one Gristlebrand someone, they bring in their graveyard hate and you just doomsday them game two is uh, <laughs> yeah, seems probably, pretty good, that right? That would feel so bad. <laughs> yeah.
1: That's, that's as Oracle don't care about no Graftkicker's cage. Yeah.
6: <laughs> nice Graftkicker's cage loser. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> doomsday. I will, I will say, I think my favorite, because uh, because playing
4: Hogak, I was definitely afraid of a lot of the combo decks because um, it doesn't have a lot of like ways to to fight through that unless you're like, on the play. You've got the Cabal Therapies and the Thought seasons. But uh, in one of my leagues when I was testing, I played against Doomsday, and I got to beat them by putting Hedron Crab in play, pa- playing a fetch land and passing. <laughs> That's how you do it, man. It's
1: and, like, go ahead, Doomsday. Go ahead. Uh, or, or
4: like the next one, they were like, Doomsday, pass. I'm going to win next turn. I went, Hedron Crab, here's a fetch land, and you're dead. <laughs> <it.
2: laughs>
4: um, so I felt pretty okay about beating Doomsday specifically, but I showed up against Oopsall Spells and, and felt real bad. <laughs>
1: Uh, we were talking about this a little bit in the pre show. Um, is Oops All Spells now a legitimate deck with the spell lands? What do you guys think?
4: I mm. think so. I think I it's think more
6: it of a real deck. <laughs> it needs to be tuned a little bit more.
1: Yeah, I can definitely see it being tuned a little bit more because I, I ran it through a league and I definitely made some mistakes, but it did feel a little bit clunky when I was mm. playing. I think,
5: it. kind of, uh, stemming off what I was saying in the pre show, whereas I feel like the lands, like, Increase the the skill floor for it, like needing to win with it. I think it'll be a easier entry point for more people. Of they'll pick it up and get the easy wins, and then they'll put in the effort to, yeah. to learn it, how to play it for real. As opposed to early, like mm-hmm. I tried the first iteration, I had no idea what I was doing. <laughs> you just you draw your opening seven, and you throw it on the hand, and you're like judge, does this win? <laughs> I just kept mulliganing until I saw land and I got nowhere. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, man,
2: this is a, no land. This sucks, Said,
4: man. I'm just so unlucky. I just, I can't.
1: Uh, so, I mean, it sounds though like the format overall is is very healthy. Do you guys feel like they're, you know, the elephant in the room is everyone wants oko to be banned. Do you guys feel after playing in this event that that's necessary? Yeah.
2: <laughs> I mean, I, so, no, no, hold back. No, I, like, yeah, I, set, set it on fire. Uh,
4: I think, I think the card is still too good. I think it, I think it definitely needs to go. But like the, because, because it forces you to like do something like what I was doing, where you just play a bunch of things that you don't mind getting turned into elks, or going so far over the top of it that like they just can't do anything um and it 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 just it turns off a lot of like things that you can do and it's just got such a good grind power um it it gets the game out of reach super fast um Mm -hmm. and it's just miserable to play against Mm
3: -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah yeah for uh for diversity's sake and fun factor yeah maybe um Like, there's definitely stuff that can beat it, but it does also invalidate a lot of things. Like, Death and Taxes was off the menu until Skyclave Apparition came out to deal with it. Um, You know, even, like, for me, uh, like, if I want to Ulamog you, now I kind of want to wait until I have a Caracas. Because, yeah, I can eat your Oko, but then you drew a ton of cards with Sylvan Library, and then you just play another one and turn it into an Elf. Mm -hmm. So, like, yeah. even decks that go over the top Oko can be fairly annoying. Um, like, I did well against it all weekend, but it is just an annoying card, and it is everywhere. Like, it, at least six of my matchups were Oko matches. Yeah, yeah, it's definitely,
6: like, an enjoyment
3: thing, I find, with it. I really
6: dislike losing games to Oko, where maybe every you know, ground ground their uh, <laughs> Snoko player down to, like, one card in hand. Manage to cancel a lot of their draws, and then they just play an oko. And if I can't kill it within three turns, I just lose. It's like,
3: yeah, <laughs> yeah. like that's, I, so that's pretty it, rough. It, it's actually more of a problem out of rug delver, I think. It, at least for me, because like it gives them main deck answers to I think needle and wasteland, mm-hmm. or really anything they want to, like delver. One of the reasons deathrite shaman was banned is because it allowed death or delver to grind too hard, and that's the same thing oko. Yeah. Yeah.
1: A big argument people have is that it's like, well, look at Legacy. Legacy is so diverse. Look at all these decks we have. We don't need to ban anything because look how, you know, wide the format is. And based on what you guys are saying, it really sounds like Legacy is diverse and healthy despite Oko. Like Oko should be crushing (laughs) Legacy down, but Legacy is just in such a good place it doesn't
3: matter. Yeah, Legacy has figured out how to adapt, I think. But it's so annoying.
4: 'Cause if you look at like the top eight, right? Like the decks that top aided were the decks that figured out how to beat Oko. So mm-hmm. it was like Oko showed up in force and still put a deck in top eight of the Sunday event, but the other decks that top aided around it were like the decks that were showing up to beat Oko. Like I showed up with my deck so that I could beat Oko because they don't want to turn my one mana one one into an elk. Like that was that was part of the thing and it's um I also think that uh, the argument for banning Oko is very similar to like the reasoning and the arguments behind banning Sensei's Top, where it's just an unfun un- card to play against, mm-hmm. and it it puts the game into a state of like I have to deal with this card or I won't win. As soon as it yeah, comes, down. I
1: have to play it. I have to play it or specifically beat it. Yeah. And then when people cool. say it's like stop crying, adapt. You're like, well, I adapted, but now I'm not having any fun. <laughs> yeah, <So
2: exactly>. like...
5: <laughs> I think like the issue with with Oko is m- more similar to to death right of it's such a good answer and it's such a good threat like it's not yeah, one I mean, or yeah. the other it's just too flexible mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. I, I I agree and it pitches the force yeah it's so. almost like
4: <laughs> yeah <it's> <laughs> almost <laughs> like second
3: what the second it's
4: <laughs> like Make that card, like, black-green. I don't
3: know. Yeah, but don't make, make, don't make it, it white. white. Then maybe white yeah, will be
1: playable.
2: Okay. Uh,
1: yeah, white, white needs to help. A boom. I'm just saying, make ma- make Plateaus playable again. That's oh, all yeah. I want. <laughs> <it>. All right. <laughs> well, because you have been like, red-white, so Plateau can get some music.
2: Yeah. <laughs> make make red-white painter playable. <laughs> whoa, 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 whoa. Easy. Easy. Slow down. You want to main their entire land, damn
1: it. So where do you guys see kind of the legacy meta going from here? I mean, this was the basically only big legacy event we had this year with everything going on. So it's really our only data point. So I know these are going to be hard predictions, but where do you guys kind of see the direction of the meta?
3: Oh, that is a tough call. Um, I kind of see it following a similar trajectory. Um, you know, elves got a big boost in Alice shepherd. um, so I think they'll continue to do well. Eco decks will continue to do well because it's too um, too versatile to just totally hate out. And then the you know the combo decks are always going to be playable to some extent regardless of what they are. And uh, you know, De- Delver's always going to be top dog, I think, <laughs> in some form yeah. or another.
6: Yeah, like uh, out here in Japan, we've seen like a really big boom of like Hogak recently. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, uh, we still we still have a lot of paper in Japan, just because that's how the uh, quarantine works out here. And uh, there's a lot of Hogak putting up results in the last month or two now. Yeah. Because everybody... It's a good answer to Oko.
4: Yeah. It's also
3: a fun deck. I've, I've I played mean, it. It is fun.
4: Hogak, Hogak is a blast to play in paper, because as someone who likes to move my hands around a lot and make <laughs> a lot of game actions, <laughs> I you're, can tell. you're moving from graveyard... Yeah, you're moving from <laughs> graveyard to... to, to play and like from your hand all the time and you're just like all right put these cards in exile i'm gonna do 15 things this game i'm gonna attack you for 16 let's go like (laughs) you get to do a lot of things and it's a lot of fun
1: um so with that Luke. uh so in japan there are actual like big paper events happening or like how's Mm -hmm. how's the quarantine in japan
6: going so yeah japan kind of scared me at the start Because it almost seemed like uh, nothing was happening. Like if we if we don't test, we don't have the problem. (laughs) Kind kind, kind of attitude, right? (laughs) Like we don't have the numbers.
1: That's, that's how I handle pregnancy tests as well. <laughs>
6: Jerry, you feel, lot, you, you feel a lot of pregnancy sticks, Jerry? Yeah.
1: No, Pat, I don't have a lot of pregnancy scares. <laughs>
0: all
2: right, we're going to take a 10-minute break. And,
5: uh... <laughs> uh, oh, my God. Here's a quick word but, from uh... our sponsors.
2: Dollar <laughs> Tree pregnancy tests. You got through all hot and bothered.
6: <laughs> oh, man. Oh, my God. But, uh...
2: <laughs> brought to you by Trojan. You know. <laughs> oh no.
6: <laughs> like uh early days we had a bit of a lockdown, but uh yeah, currently it's uh, pretty open again, it's almost like everyday mm-hmm. life. Uh most people wear masks in Asian countries anyway. they are in kind of flu season. So uh mask wearing is pretty uh pretty straightforward here. Almost everybody does it. Uh you get your temperature checked usually if you enter most uh businesses.
3: Now, now was like, that uh, even before COVID or did the temperature thing? Did that start after?
6: Uh, that's, that's come in because of COVID. Okay. So there's a camera There's a camera now by most like department store doors, and it'll kind of scan your temperature as you go in, and a little alarm will go off on a computer if you're kind of fever mm-hmm. level. Hmm. And then, yeah, it's just general good hygiene as well, like uh, washing your hands. Everybody has like alcohol spray in their pocket. You have to have kind of a temperature check and condition check to enter a magic event, mm-hmm. and then we have... We have dividers, and but they're doing as much as they can.
3: You know that w- that was one good thing about Eternal Weekend last year. They actually gave out the uh, alcohol hand sanitizer spray. Hey,
2: yeah.
3: so, some some uh, financial management company actually. They're like, look at all these nerds with legacy huh. cards. They they need some wealth management.
1: Here. Honestly, Purell is like the biggest thing people forget to bring to events, even before COVID. Because yeah. if you think about it, like you're spending all day. Not only touching your own cards, but touching your opponent's cards and cutting their mm-hmm. decks, and then most people just go to the food court and eat. Yeah. Like yeah. your hands have been everywhere, <laughs> touching all well, sorts of gross especially things. Especially
4: when they put Rick Grimes in play, and you got to read
1: that. <laughs> shit. <laughs> uh-huh. yeah.
2: <laughs>
1: so yeah, like Purell is—it was huge even before COVID and, and after. I mean. I can see that being our return to paper events is, you know, Japan setting that model where it's like, you know, you get a temperature check going into the event, you know, everyone gets Purell and, you know, uses a shit ton of Purell in between Mm -hmm. matches.
6: Yeah. And there's there's like a lot of honesty out here too. People people are quite straightforward. They don't like to lie too much. So they usually have to do like a little questionnaire about your condition too. And people are actually pretty honest. We've had people come up and be like, oh no, yeah, I was not feeling great the other day. I'll just go home. They just leave Aww. after traveling to come down for their event, and you're just yeah. like, "Wow, that's so nice." Like,
1: <laughs> me- meanwhile, in the U- meanwhile in the US, it's like, "Hey, Pat, did that zombie bite you?" It's like, oh. <laughs>
2: yeah.
6: "No,
1: I didn't get Maybe. bit." I'm like,
2: you're looking kind of iffy, Pat. Kind of sus. I think the culture definitely helps. Fourth fucking Dead Sometimes. reference tonight? Yeah, fourth, fourth, fourth round fucking Walking Dead, dead reference. <laughs> Rick, Rick's, Rick's too powerful.
3: <laughs> yeah. yeah, I actually had the Rona. I just got out of quarantine like last week, really yeah, it uh it wasn't really anything more than a regular cold, so you know, I mean good.
1: that's what it is is like for some people it's just gonna be a cold, and other people you're going to die, yeah. and then other like yeah. my my buddy had corona, and basically he his doctors are telling him he's looking at like lifelong reduction of lung capacity yeah. like he's oh wow, really he's yeah he's just he's never gonna be able to like do what he used to do as far as like uh, hiking and sports and things like that. Oh, that's a bummer. It's it like is. it's like getting a collapsed lung. It's like you're never gonna fully heal. Never the same. There's
6: no middle ground with it. It seems it's either pretty light for you or pretty mm-hmm. serious. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. It's a tough one.
1: But I mean that that's that's good. I didn't realize Japan was already kind of going back to paper. But I mean if it's working and they're not having outbreaks, you know that that's that gives us hope for the future here mm-hmm. too.
6: Yeah, it's, uh, it was obviously weird at the start you know because uh i'm from the uk and back in my home country it's kind of a mess right now yeah with, uh, with mm-hmm. the whole corona situation but uh yeah in, J- in japan it seemed to transition pretty quickly back to normal they're pretty efficient so i'm hoping it means that we're all safe <laughs> <laughs> uh, all, you know pass it, passing it around because who, who knows <laughs> yeah but uh yeah, it's uh, it's working so far. We've had like a, a lot of KMC events recently for Legacy, which are very mm-hmm. popular. We we max capacity at about two hundred and fifty people, so that gives us enough oh, space. Wow, to wow. Get, Like you know, partitions between every seat. Yep. Sweet. Uh, that's pretty fun.
1: Awesome. Well, that's 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 really good to hear. That gives me uh, that gives me some hope. <laughs> press, right? Yeah. yeah.
2: yeah.
1: <laughs> Um, I hope my idea, I'm I'm not really sure where the meta is going, other than we're probably going to keep seeing lots of Oku until it gets banned.
2: Yeah.
1: Um, But I'm hoping that Wizards takes this and runs with it and Wizards decides to just, you know, maybe do like a monthly legacy event where they do God accounts or something like that. Just, you know, I I think Wizards would be dumb to just leave all this money on the table because people are clearly willing to pay for it.
0: Does that does that collapse like the economy though? If they did something like that, where like like got like quote unquote God accounts are readily available for events, like that just stops people from buying cards and cards circulating, and that.
2: Uh, I, so yeah. the,
3: those were the two things I was gonna say, Pat. Uh, one, the God accounts brings in a lot of people that don't otherwise play, mm-hmm. which is good but if they did a subscription based or something like that they would have to change the prize payout structure right. because if everybody just has all the cards the treasure chests are kind of useless
0: right exactly yeah. unless they mm. unless the treasure chests just award and like and like play points basically right like i don't i don't know how else. Yeah, play
3: points or tickets yeah. like personally i would still like to be able to to cash out some value mm-hmm. Right. Especially for like these big events. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
2: Uh, definitely so, they
3: would that. they would need to change something, but it would definitely bring more people. In, yeah. Guaranteed.
0: Yeah.
1: So what tends to work with uh, MTGO traders uh, is it's almost kind of hybrid where they have the rentals, but it's a rental limit like where your balance is like you can rent up to four hundred dollars mm-hmm. worth of cards. Mm-hmm. So, right. That's enough to get you like ninety percent of pretty much any deck, and then it's like like on my account I own Force of Wills and Fetch Lands, mm-hmm. and then that makes up the value, and then I could just rent anything else that I don't already have.
2: Right.
1: Yeah. Wizards can't really do that though, because in Wizards Eyes, every card is worth the same. There's no <laughs> secondary value. Ah, so... wind
2: into the coast.
1: Like, I, I wonder how they could make a God account work or even if they could, if it, it might not even be a thing. And it yeah. just it has to be a limited right. time sort of deal. Yeah.
3: Maybe they'll let you rent like 30 cards instead of 75 yeah. or something. <laughs> I, mean, I mean,
1: I feel I feel you if you do 30, Jerry's like it's just not theory. enough. Cause, yeah. But then you still just lose all the people. Like, uh, the biggest thing with this is that we got a whole bunch of people into Legacy who normally wouldn't play
4: Legacy yeah, because we, of Red to what, the The leagues leading up to it were like double, triple the capacity that they were before. Right. Like, yep.
1: So I, I don't think like doing a half rent works because then you just still get it's like, yeah, the people who didn't have quite enough cards, you, you, it fixes it for them. But I feel the bulk of it is people, you know, like like Drew and Devin, who, who didn't have the cards necessarily. And so they just wanted to, to test it online. Right.
4: Yeah. Well, yep. and uh, especially from uh, from the standpoint of someone who was like looking for, you know, looking forward to streaming the event and like streaming magic in general. It it was really helpful for, like, if you want to stream and you want to be able to, like, try a variety of things and showcase different things for your stream or, like, take suggestions, play other people's decks, things like that. Being able to have that ability to change on a dime and, and adjust at a moment's notice is, is really helpful for the content creation, which is another way to bring more people into the game in mm-hmm. general, getting, you know... So I think it's a net positive for WotC if they can figure out a way to do it without pissing people off by... Tanking the value of uh, their uh, event tickets. Right. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Definitely a balancing act. And I'm sure Wizards will make the right decision. Based <laughs> on their
2: history every time. Oh boy. <laughs> <laughs> Guarantee. Oh, yeah.
4: Wiz- Wizards of the Coast is so great at balance. They printed uh, Oko, Uro, and Omnath in sets that would have been in standard together. <laughs> what a year. <laughs> also, Once Upon um... a Time in Lotus Cobra.
1: i was seeing i was seeing online uh but someone was saying like they did the math and it's like 60 percent of all standard cards that have been banned have been banned in the last 18 months
4: yeah yeah Yeah, i mean it
3: sure feels (laughs) that way what what percentage of them have been blue
4: and green (laughs) (laughs) all of them right
3: most
2: yeah. of them. <laughs> well,
4: well, what? Uh, we also got um, the the new Emerkal band, and that was like basically a blue green card because it was in a blue green deck.
2: Hey, they banned
4: yeah. Cauldron familiar. Uh, <laughs> well, sure, yeah, okay.
5: Because that's the same power level as Oko and Er. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Absolutely, yeah. Omath
6: got banned within what like 11 days of paper uh, release
2: oh, in yeah, Japan
6: so everybody spent the, like $200 on their the, playmat it, the, uh, it was the was the BNR so. speedrun oh. oh yeah <laughs> Go well, for the record they had,
1: a, they had a BNR and they didn't ban Omath and everyone's like what are you thinking and are like no it's fine it needs more time and then one week later <laughs> they're, like,
4: they're like we're gonna ban Uro and it's all gonna be fine trust me yeah. Yeah. and everyone who was playing Omath was like sweet I don't have to play Uro anymore <laughs> yeah <I don't laughs> have to play it was
2: a
6: the first, the first ban announcement was Bait. Everybody that was waiting for the ban announcement to buy Omnath had the first one come out. Oh, Both their playset on Omnath, and then, and then the next week came
0: around.
5: I was like, ah, it was like, got you, got you. I just want anything banned.
0: I just want Wizards to tweet like yeah. the uh, the job from Arrested Development. I've made a huge mistake. Just after like their first tweet of 2021,
5: should just be I respect it, like taking ownership of like, hey we fucked up yeah yeah
4: yeah <laughs> They've. i mean i would i would prefer them pushing cards and then owning up to their mistake and banning them like faster when they realize the mistake than them to like pull back power level on cards and give us like what was it mercadian mm. masks that was just all garbage yeah, yeah but, the problem is, is
1: like like, we yeah. say that. We say that, and then they actually did that with Omath, and we're not we're still making fun of wizards for doing oh, it.
4: With I'm going to make fun of it until I mean... the end of time, but, like, I appreciate that they banned Omnath when they saw that it was mm-hmm. a problem.
3: Well, I, I'm yeah. actually curious what you guys think, because when Omnath was spoiled, like, I didn't think anything of it. I didn't think was was Yeah, neither did I. thought and I was looking I at a U.S. Legacy. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, that's
5: too much text. Let's, <laughs> let other people figure <laughs> out if it's good. I'm not reading. Like, like
1: Pat. <laughs> Pat and I did a spoiler episode and I don't even think don't we think discussed we it.
3: Yeah, it seems so mediocre <laughs> on the face. And I mean, guaranteed, like or granted, my you know, my deck doesn't play by the, the normal rules, but like when I played against it, all it did was let them draw an extra card mm-hmm. with Sylvan Library. Mm-hmm. Outside of that, it didn't do anything.
4: The um I think the issue with Omnath is like it's an unassuming card, but if you look at it in the shell that was already there for it. Like, in order to make that card not as good as it was, you'd have to ban, like, six other cards. Um, Because, like, that card was put into a format, into a deck that also had Lotus Cobra and Beanstalk Giant and, like, Cultivate and uh, Genesis Ultimatum. And uh, uh, we have... um, Azusa,
3: right? She's standard. Through
6: the wild. Yeah,
4: we have Ugin the Spirit Dragon and Uro and, and, like, all of these things together... It's one of those things where what's the card that gets the biggest boost out of these? That, like, with all of those cards with that card, the fact that it replaces itself and then the boost that you get for just playing the rest of the cards that you already want to play is just so overwhelming.
3: Um,. Yeah, they do you really guys remember when around. our only ramp spell in Standard was Rampant Growth? <laughs> you know, now they got <laughs> like the a ton all in Standard, but Rampant Growth is yep. still too good. I try and you forget them Standard, them honestly.
6: <laughs> yeah, it's, it's something that I find common with like 2020 cards though, 2019 cards. is like maybe individually, they're probably like, you can probably deal with them. Mm. But when they go into like existing shells and they're all together with the other 2020 cards, yeah, that's when they yeah, become a problem. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's like Oko, I could probably handle Oko on his own, but when he has like Uro, Arcanist, Tamagoyf in the same deck as him, then it's like eh, he's <laughs> a like, There's yeah. too many weird Astrolabe. Weird. Astrolabe. There's yeah. too many Astrolabe. to fight,
4: right? Um, yeah. I think Astrolabe was another mistake. Uh, uh, I hate that card. Popper, <laughs> Popper proved that that card was a mistake, and yet
3: we're
2: still allowed to play it in
6: Legacy it just blanks your mm. wastelands and stuff.
3: Yeah, no, it's like good. oh, so sure. I yeah but people still, well we were <laughs> quit playing wasteland
2: <laughs> yeah we were, jo- well, we were joking
1: earlier about B- blood moon like blood moon's bad in the meta and it's like we all got that joke but we all know it's because because astrolabe exists yeah. it's just like yeah it just pushes these other these old standbys of the format into irrelevancy i mean
4: that's why the i fact. couldn't couldn't play maverick cuz it was like that deck is is built around going turn 1 noble hierarch turn 2 wasteland you play thalia mm. and that just isn't a thing you can do anymore.
5: I mean, you can the do it, it. It's draws just not a good. Card to so <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. No one's gonna stop you <laughs> yeah, if you really want it. <laughs> Very true.
1: Uh, what were you saying, Luke?
6: Um, yeah, I was just saying the fact that it draws a card to it replaces itself is pretty gross. Like, yeah, if there was yeah. if there was an actual tax for playing five color basics, it'd be great. But there just isn't. Yeah. It's like, and, yeah. like free free rainbow basics is pretty. <laughs> pretty disgusting especially when it can't well
4: we also have prismatic vista so like nothing matters Oh uh, yeah, yeah, that too. The too. Like, yeah I
6: think
4: it's vista's... just
2: like
6: good
4: i think vista's fine without astrolabe but like both of those together is like well my mana base doesn't matter
3: <laughs> like yeah yeah the the trifecta of vista astrolabe and then ice fan Coadle. yeah it's just, oh, God. like I they saw all wall. turn each other on all make each other better and then oko comes in it's like well, I don't need this astrolabe anymore, so I'll just start swinging and make a dude every turn instead of every other. And, like, in a vacuum, probably yeah. not happen
5: a great card.
3: Yeah, it's oh. just the instant speed baleful tricks. But, like, I mean, instant Quaddle's speed just is an good. Card. <laughs> yeah. yeah.
4: Like, it's so easy to turn it on, and the, the fact that it lives through your Dead of Winter, which is just, like, an <laughs> awesome rat they get to play for free, is, like,
3: okay, I guess.
4: <laughs> yep.
6: I oh, am getting flashbacks right
3: now. <laughs> so, so even though we're all hating on snow right now, I do kind of hope there's some snow in cold
4: Yeah. Oh, I want, I want snow to be like fun. Yeah.
5: Or like, like a way,
3: a way I, to I, hose snow, like a way
5: that like yeah, makes it makes snow a negative two plane snow. Yeah. Like, I'm, I'm calling
1: it now, guys. Prediction. So, call time is based on Norse mythology. Norse mythology, Odin. Killed all the frost giants. I want, like, Wrath of Odin, (laughs) like, one Phyrexian colorless mana, destroy all all snow permanents.
3: And I can flip land tsunami in my side. (laughs)
2: Yeah. Heck. Uh, Yeah, I definitely
6: like, like, a snow basic blood moon would be pretty nice. Or,
5: like, a snow wasteland. Yeah. Mm -hmm.
4: Or, uh, just, just like, yeah, just like a, a, an enchantment that says all snow lands tapped for like colorless, like.
1: Yeah. Or give me like, give me like, strip mine wastelands for snows, like destroy target non basic or target snow lands. Yeah, That
5: would
4: be nice. because
1: yeah, yeah. yeah. I feel just just snow lands is too narrow. And non-basic is just another wasteland. I mean,
4: do you really want the uh, do you really want the Death
3: and Taxes decks to play eight wastelands? I was just gonna say, don't, don't get carried away. <laughs> I do. Yeah, <laughs> to I do.
4: Post player over here. <laughs> of course here. you All right. do.
3: Look,
4: the the guy that I was chatting with between rounds is a big uh, Death and Taxes player too, so I know you do. <laughs> I, w-
5: I would I would appreciate it. I don't know, like if, if the if the foil art doesn't look nice, like. I think that's, like, uh. the most popular <laughs> foiled-out deck, so, like...
4: If it doesn't work, guys, no. Of...
5: <laughs> yeah, that, that, the half
6: that I own is all foiled.
1: <laughs> well, Death and Attacks is the most popular deck to foil out because Wizards has printed a promo of almost every card in Death and Taxes
4: point. I mean, one point that's
5: right Steve Argyle's Argyle well, value. the most beautiful card ever printed. It, like, it what also, is it, both?
4: It also plays the most basic planes, which are really beautiful in foil no matter which one you get. Like...
1: Like both out, both uh, Stoneforge Mystic and Batterskull were GP
4: promos. So wizards <laughs> is literally just
1: giving them to people. It's like, please play these.
4: We're, we're telling you, these cards are good together. Come on, why don't you understand this? Well,
5: like Death of Taxes Come is on. the best deck to invest in because if it's not good, just wait three months. Wizards has your back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that,
1: i mean that's what this event kind of shows us right like death and taxes was on the out and then wizards prints the uh what this what is it skylight apparition, skylight or...
2: apparition yeah that
4: card yeah is... sky
1: and yeah. that all of a sudden it's like oh well now we're seeing death and taxes
4: everywhere yeah, again that card oh. is so good
5: i think they're which was oh, also it's, it's fairly it's it's unassuming crazy. i think they're banned and restricted like for legacy is just okay do we need to ban anything or print anything to make death and taxes playable again <laughs> brand six get <laughs> out of here <laughs> <laughs> well,
1: people forget, but I had Death and Taxes on Moto because uh, Wizards used to sell a Death and Taxes pre-made deck. on I remember Modo. that. They, yeah, it had like they, what,
4: like two Stoneforge Mystics and like in a batter, skull. And, a batter and skull, like, skull. and it was just like, all right,
1: cool. Yeah, it was like so. It they had uh Death and Taxes and they had Burn, and you could basically it was like twenty five dollars, and you got like the deck minus the Rashotan Ports and Wastelands.
3: Yeah, which at that time were like a hundred yeah. bucks though, right? Yeah. Right, which was
1: fine. Like, <laughs>
3: Just but still, make you make got
1: like, a legacy deck.
6: Yeah. That would be nice. Maybe, maybe they could do more things like that for the future. Maybe if the God account thing doesn't work, maybe they could sell pre made decks that are the like. no pre
4: You get three Oko's yeah. and. <laughs> yeah. 57 <laughs> basics. Yeah, people
2: buy
4: it. You gotta cash out for every last penny. <laughs> Oh, man. All right, that card's still going to be in Vintage.
3: Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh,
6: it's, yeah. I it's think I think DNT will always stick advantage. around, though. I think it's like a B-plus deck at worst, like, forever. I remember one of my close friends was saying, as long as Blue is in Legacy, d and will be kind of playable. So,
4: yeah. I mean, yeah. it turns out Thalia making Brainstorm cost two mana is real.
6: Yeah. 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 <laughs> like, the Brainstorm tax is nice. <laughs> also,
4: Caracasing yeah. Uroh is hilarious.
3: Yeah, I was hard. gonna say Caracas Kar- is very good too.
4: I watched my I watched my buddy almost deck out a Sunoko deck because he like beat all of the okos and his opponent was just like play uro. He's like, all right, bounce it. Like, <laughs> all right, play uro, bounce it. All right, well, I don't have any more threats in my deck i have 15
1: <laughs> cards left and you just can see it, It's it like... <laughs> oh man um i actually heard uh people were seeing this was an old trick with death and taxes coming back was uh the mangara trick
2: yeah
6: that's uh that's pretty hot. Oh. I, I didn't play that version but i, I definitely saw it and of getting talked about a lot like
1: uh, that
5: hasn't seen play since like 2017 but like I see uh, the point because like Violon 3 is just so much better now than it was pre-whatever the news on is. Mm. Uh, yeah.
6: my, my, my MVP was definitely a spirit of the labyrinth.
4: Spirit of the Labyrinth wow. was huge this yeah. weekend.
6: Yeah, I, I played. Uh, I played two in my main deck, and it definitely won me at least like four games. I think it single-handedly beat both of my rug opponents because they brainstorm and you vile in Labyrinth, and you're like, nice, drop two, <laughs> drop two cards, please. Which it's put, them, yes. put them back. <laughs> yeah, it's like put them down.
1: <laughs> That's that was my thing. Like if I if I was able to play in this event, I definitely would have top aided because I'm pretty sure I would have sleeved up like eight chains of Mephistopheles, eight <laughs> <and> tabernacle. <laughs> Just be like, all right, rug delver. How are you gonna deal with this? No, it's be- <laughs> and the answer is they're gonna kill me with Delvers because I can't do anything I else. I know,
3: Jerry. Last time you played two chains, didn't you like scrub out?
1: I did. <laughs> I, that's what I'm saying. I never I never went with my two chains.
3: <laughs>
5: and uh, like kind of what you're saying about like Spirit, like nobody was playing Spirit before Skyclave apparition. Like it was maybe a one-of-in board in like Death and Taxes just has such a, a deep well of, like, cards they can just use if the meta shifts.
4: Because, like, every set recently, they printed another, like, two or three mana white creature that, like, you're like, okay, Taxes could probably make a note of that right now. Right. You know? Like. And then.
2: <sighs> yeah,
6: there's definitely a long waiting list, I think, yeah. for a lot of cards. And, uh, like, Legion, I where think you gotta... Legion
5: Angel is so cool, but there's just, right now, there's no space for it.
6: Oh yeah, like that, that, that's definitely one that people are considering for the future. I know the DNT community is also divided over, is it like uh aspirant? The one that gains plus one yeah. plus one. If you need to be more aggressive as a D&T player, that's pretty it's pretty pretty good.
4: The Luminarch Aspirant? That card's popping up in vintage decks and I don't understand. <laughs> <laughs> I was like I was like, what is it about this card that makes it better than other cards? I was like, alright, I was just gonna play this thing and put counters on my dudes and it's like we're gonna okay.
6: Alright. <laughs> yeah, I have to. I have to give credit to uh, XJ Cloud though for the the spirit of labyrinth uh, shout out. I, I... Yeah, he, uh... is a, he was the one that stated that talked about it with uh twenty twenty cards always drawing cards. It's actually more relevant now, and it, it mm-hmm. turned out to
5: be true.
4: My uh, my buddy was playing the XJ Cloud uh, list as well. My
5: old like on Sunday Sunday, I kept, like, watching XJ Cloud in the standings. Like, I just want to do better than him to feel like I made the right choice in not playing Death and Taxes. <laughs> yeah, that, that, was, that was my goal. I was like, I don't know a better Death and Taxes player than him. If he loses, alright, I made the right choice.
6: I was trying to avoid the mirror match all day. <laughs> uh,
3: those mirror matches seem brutal. It's a chess match. With, uh, yeah, they- with apparition, yes.
6: yeah, it's basically who who lands GTA first, yeah. and then do they have aspirant, uh, aspirant? Oh, I can't. <laughs> <Apparition. say that. laughs> skyclave, aspirant, apparition. <laughs> I was to, uh, calling
3: it aspirant all oh, day, okay. like yeah. I was, well, uh, that, that's the other new card, right? Something aspirant, the cleric that puts the counter yeah. on your dudes. Yeah, Luminar Luminar aspirant, right? yeah. Mm-hmm. That card uh, seems mean... good too.
4: On the on the note of the death and taxes mirror, uh, when I tuned in my stream to watch uh, my buddy in a in a match, uh, he had gone longer than me because he was playing the death and taxes mirror, and I tuned in to watch him over the course of like twelve turns beat triple mother runes in the mirror, and I was like, I I would have conceded. I don't understand. <laughs> like,
6: <laughs> that's a that's a tough one. <laughs> the like
4: five D chess required to get out of that situation is just too big brain for me. I'm gonna yeah. just hit you with my four threes, like. <laughs> yeah,
6: triple mom is a difficult one. I don't know how he did that. <laughs> so yeah, is, is the new like death and taxes play
1: patterns just really revolving, Like get vile to three and then just play around with vile, skyclave, and flicker wisp to just get value after value. Is like is that how it works?
6: Yeah, yeah. I think you still have to you still have to be conscious of the uh, tokens that come in off the apparitions, though. Because uh, occasionally you can get blown out where you'll have like all of your apparitions out, maybe eating Euros and Ocos and then like if they board wipe, they suddenly have three, three, threes. Which if you're not set up with kind of your B plan of having a board presence already, it's uh it's pretty tough to come back from sometimes.
2: That's
4: yeah. why um, the the card. Uh, what's the 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 three mana chalice of the void creature? Um, sanctum oh, prelate. Uh, prelate, prelate, sanctum prelate. Uh, on three is is really important. Uh, right now as yeah, well to just yeah. shut off like you gain the, your advantage you pull ahead and then you slam that on three so they can't like effect like efficiently get out of it um yeah. i saw that being really really important uh yeah,
6: if you if you can get a mum and that out on three you usually yeah. win the game because yeah. they can't swords anymore and they can't abrupt the kid anymore so you usually just win from there yeah which is nice
3: nice
1: good stuff all right, Pat. Should we start to uh? Uh, yeah. I have
0: one more question for everyone. Uh, if you guys were playing the same event, uh, this weekend, what what deck would you pilot, knowing what you know now about what the metagame looks like? Would anything? Would anyone change what they played?
3: Oh, I would play the same deck. I would just play better against
2: elves. I think. <laughs> okay. <laughs>
5: <laughs> yeah i I would play the same deck. Uh, my only two losses were I lost a Doomsday. I uh, kept a, a proactive six. And then I lost to a guy that played Course of Crucifix in Primeval Titan. <laughs> okay. And, like, Get I was not expecting it, so I, like, I show and tell and They're like, okay, Primeval Titan, put in Caracas, yeah. it. I'm like,
2: go. My
5: man. <laughs>
6: Pretty spicy.
4: I, I want that guy to win Yeah, me too. Yeah, all right?
6: <laughs>
1: All right.
5: <laughs> yeah, I, think, I think I'd play DT yeah.
6: again, but I'd probably take the Gideon's out of the sideboard and put mm-hmm. Armageddon in, so I can blow up all the snow mm. Um
4: After
6: after that, I'm good. <laughs> I
4: think I would definitely play Hogak, but I would seriously consider like a non combo version, like take out take out the uh, the altars and like put in carrion feeders for better beatdowns,
2: mm-hmm.
4: um, and then just like mess with the sideboard a little bit to be able to put Plague Engineer on the side.
0: Okay, because
4: elves elves was a little brutal, and um, I think maybe uh, surgicals over ley lines might be the way to go. Because mm-hmm. you can beat the mirror by like just playing the mirror well, um, and you can beat like reanimator and a lot of the times like some of the, the worst combo matchups you can beat with like cabal therapy and surgical extraction. So playing around with that, that sort of sideboard idea and just taking out the combo because the combo just doesn't feel amazing right now. And just, like, going in and getting them and, and just trying to, like, put 30 power into play. And there's not a lot they can do about it.
1: Hmm. Okay. Awesome. Should we get into some scoops?
0: Uh, yeah. So, every week we do scoops in the top eight. It's just a way for us to shout out or, or you know, it's just mention something that we appreciate or something that we appreciate. Uh, we scoop them in the top eight. So, Jerry, why don't you lead us off here? Show us how it's done. Who are you going to scoop in the top eight this week?
1: I'm going to give the rare scoop to Wizards. Wow for not wow. to for not just saying you know screw eternal weekend this year still actually having eternal weekend and actually pulling it off like it yes there's always going to be issues with things but I, given the circumstances i think this went extremely well mm-hmm. and it was awesome to see the legacy community pull out for it so i guess my real scoop is to the legacy community for you know showing up because mm-hmm. can you imagine if wizards did this and like Fifty people signed up. Yeah. <laughs> like that, that would be very bad for Legacy. I would say.
4: Yeah, indeed. A true, a true sign that the format would be dead. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but
1: it's it's awesome that you know Wizards put this up and Wizards had to increase caps. Yeah, because they I, were just capping out every I event.
4: Think the caps like one thousand twenty-five for the next one. Yeah, mm-hmm. like. Right.
1: So, uh, I'll, I'm gonna I'm gonna give the rare props to Wizards here right. for actually pulling All it right.
4: out. All right, we're gonna go
0: around we're gonna go around the squares here. Devin, who are you gonna scoop in a top eight this week? Uh, I
5: got I got two people I want to scoop in. Uh, first, okay. uh, my roommate Jesse. He was having a great run with Oops All Spells and. Uh, then his like computer locked him out and it, it was, it was rough no. to watch. Then, like, I'm sitting there like, yeah, I'm no. still a winning guy. <laughs> uh, <laughs> no. uh, and then for anybody like from the new England uh, magic community uh, flip from TJ collectibles. Uh, yep. he, he taught yep. me how to play. And I, I think he's genuinely one of the best guys in, in the new England magic community. Yeah. Flip is awesome. aw- Flip is
0: awesome. I can second that for sure. Great. Uh, hey Luke, how about you? Who do you want to scoop in a top eight this week?
6: So I'm going to scoop in one of my friends who actually got me into Legacy, So uh, my boy Rowan. He's out in Vancouver. And uh, after I went six zero in the event to start off, uh, a bunch of my Canadian friends all joined Discord with me to kind of keep, keep me awake because I was running on two hours of <laughs> sleep in this event. So uh, shout out to those guys for not letting me pass out in the middle, <laughs> in the middle of the tournament, <laughs> I guess
2: like,
6: no, awesome. wake up, wake up. <laughs> yeah, so, wait, wake up, it's your turn. <laughs> they, kept, they kept me in the clock check, you know. That's awesome,
2: that's
0: awesome. Uh, Chris, how about you? Who you want to scoop in a tap this week?
3: Uh, well, I think I'm going to scoop you guys in. I was pretty geeked to get the invite. <laughs> um, uh, also, who was the guy that you had on talking about Colorless Green Post, like, a long ass time ago. Oh. I want to scoop that guy.
2: Oh, uh, uh,
0: Jared, do you remember who that was? <laughs> yeah,
3: uh, I'm blanking.
0: Was it? Was it Scott?
1: Was it Boo- yeah, Booze think, Cube? Yeah, it's, Scott. Yeah, it's Booze Cube. Scott. Uh, Scott Pfizer. Scott.
3: Yeah, that sounds right. Yeah, let us scoop yep. in Booze Cube. Uh, I cannot believe I
0: remember that. <laughs> yeah, all right, Pat. Yeah, I'm no scooping
3: myself
5: gosh.
0: in for that.
3: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he got me on the deck, and I've been. Been loving it since uh, I'll scoop them. My Pittsburgh boys, you know I'm not That's gonna awesome. name them all, but uh, <laughs> they, they call my deck the Cadillac now because it's like the old standby. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. so we'll, we'll scoop them all in too. <laughs> nice, awesome. What about you, Drew? Uh,
4: I'm gonna do. I'm gonna do uh, in in uh, the vein of Devin. I'm gonna do a double scoop, uh, and uh, I definitely got to scoop in the Twitch community for uh, boosting the hell out of my stream out of nowhere. Uh, when I, uh, when I changed my stream title to win it into top eight, uh, I went from like six viewers to like 50 in like 10 minutes. And then, and then when I hit top eight and started getting tweeted, I hit like 112 and I was like, I don't know what's happening. I started shaking. I was like, I was like, all right. I had to like close my chat window so I could pay attention. Um, it was really great. Uh, ended up pushing me into affiliate. Uh, I couldn't be happier. Um, and, uh, it was really, really nice seeing all the support and, and getting all the, you know, the good feedback, talking to people and, and. Like my Twitter mentions blew up too. It was it was an exhilarating experience for me. And then the uh the easiest scoop in of my life, uh one of my best friends, Chase Masters, uh, playing Death and Taxes. He uh he had an unfortunate loss to two prison decks back to back in like rounds uh eight and nine. Um to end his run. He was eighteenth in the Sunday event and uh he was uh, hanging out with me between rounds on Discord. Uh, we were just shooting the shit. He's one of my travel buddies to tournaments and paper when we go. Uh, love that guy a lot. He's one of the big reasons that I got into competitive Magic and also Legacy. So I owe a lot to him, and uh, uh, definitely enjoyed hanging out with him and, and having a great run with him by my side. So
1: awesome. And then uh, what what's your stream? Plug your stream for uh, uh, listeners who wanna.
4: I stream uh, Twitch.tv uh, slash the Eight Bit Casual. Um, it's spelled exactly how it sounds. Um I uh I play I play some magic. I'm gonna be playing more magic after you know <laughs> the craziness on Sunday. Uh play a little bit of other stuff as well, trying to keep a little bit of a variety so I don't get burnt out. Uh I usually do like Pokemon on Wednesday nights, but uh we'll see what happens.
1: Nice. Uh do you guys any of you guys stream as well? Nope. No. Nope. I'll get it. It's a, I don't stream either. I don't stream either. I'm an old man,
3: Jerry. Alright.
1: <laughs> I actually just send up smoke signals letting <laughs> people know
5: how many matches are going send pigeon mail just like the house on fire
2: that's how you know you
4: got the 03 drop Is just oh yep his house on fire again <laughs>
0: awesome
1: awesome uh, Pat are we going to save the raffle stuff for next, next week
0: yeah we'll do that next week I, I have my scoops though Jerry
1: <laughs> oh, sorry. So, sorry.
0: so this week, I guess you this week I'm going to scoop in our friend. He's got a bum shoulder, apparently. Tom Smiley's been playing too much WoW, and he froze his <laughs> shoulder up. Uh, I, was, I was listening to the dead I'll format this uh, today, and uh, he has to go to do some PT because his mouse hand is all messed up. <laughs> And uh, yeah, it's like the most. I mean, he, he is like he is on the cusp of retiring, so like he's at that age where you're just you're just old and everything starts falling apart. So, but is he like forty. He's he's very old. He's very. old. Uh, I think he's actually so old that he's in a protected class now. So, <laughs> um, but I do want to scoop him into top eight because uh, when they were talking on the podcast about you know this is pre- last week's cast, if they were they thought that Eternal Weekend was going to sell out. He said, "Absolutely no way are these <laughs> events going to cap." And so I think all events capped, right? Every single Pretty one. Sure, yeah. Yeah. So Tom's so a I hater. Just, <laughs> I'm scooping. I'm uh, scooping. I'm scooping Tom in the top eight, and uh, I'm, I'm not scooping Ian in because Ian didn't check him on that, and I think he should have. And Jerry's body just disappeared, and he was just a floating head uh, in front of the Golden Gate Bridge. That's uh <laughs> It's horrifying. Um, <laughs> um, that, that, that's all I got this week, Jerry.
1: <laughs> awesome well uh just to hype people up a bit we are gonna start doing the holiday raffles we got a bunch of sick uh cards donated that we're gonna raffle off for charity mm-hmm. so stay tuned guys uh keep a look out on the leaving a legacy facebook page if you want to get in on that we're gonna give away some great stuff and raise some money for charity yep
0: and uh just one more quick shout out um file along who is uh, a. Ba- became a a patron last week sent us a one-time donation a very generous donation so i wanted to say thank you to them uh they asked us to shout out eld's uh wednesday night legacies they're giving away some great prizes this week for that so if you're in central mass i guess if you're anywhere because they're doing it webcam based so if you want to get into those you can visit um eld's time vault games for sure and also our newest patron (laughs) so Vic, thank you for joining the uh what
1: I, he specifically messaged me and said don't shout it shout him out because he doesn't like it when we take time out of talking about legacy to do shout outs. Well,
2: <laughs> well it wasn't gonna be he just wants he just
1: wants pure, pure legacy content. That's so
2: that's
1: wait.
0: so spiky. It's like don't talk about your personal lives. I don't care if you've had a child, wait, talk wait, about I the think, cards.
2: I think I found you guys next podcast. Oops all shout out. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Awesome, awesome. Well, uh, well, well. Thank. Regardless, thank you, uh, man. Who will no longer be named on the podcast uh, for the support. We 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 appreciate it. And put
4: a a sticky note on your screen to remind you don't shout out. (laughs) (laughs) And
0: and I want to just thank all you guys for coming on, man. I mean, congrats on the uh, on the finishes. Uh, You know, it's, it's fantastic. I love meeting people from the legacy community. I really think it's it's the best one around um and it's 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 such an honor to uh to get to share time with you guys and uh and hope we all can do this again sometime soon we can have you guys all on and and uh talk about legacy when uh when we're playing in paper again it'll be great yeah Yeah. it was a great time being here thanks
4: for having me this has been kind of wild okay
5: Hell yeah! Was, awesome was
4: not expecting all of this when I signed up for the event.
2: <laughs> I name. actually
5: only signed up hoping to get on, leaving a legacy. So uh, <laughs> who's, the,
2: who's the real one here? I mean, that's, that's why you chose the deck you did, right? Yeah, like, yeah all jokes aside. Yeah. yeah. The big I mean, honestly, is. honestly, all you had to do
1: was go like at least two in X and get on. I should have just commented.
5: I Played show and tell. Yep. Yeah. 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 I, I was yeah. present in the event. (laughs)
1: i registered some show intelligence all right all right well thanks again
0: everyone for coming on it was great to have you and uh and that's it jerry i think uh that's it we're just going to shout out justin our audio tech sound engineer and uh did you know that he just got his uh his hoisting license
1: his hoisting lessons. Yeah. No hoisting license,
0: like... not lessons. Hoisting wow. lessons is something you do privately. A hoisting oh. license is 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 a is a license to like lift uh you know, use like basically use crane and like use a picker and, and lift heavy machinery. Oh, wow
1: Wow, wow, that's great.
4: Man, wow. hoisting license really underplays what you're doing, man. <laughs> yeah, right?
0: <laughs> so congrats congrats, Justin. Uh, come come pick up my car or something. I don't know. <laughs>
1: <laughs> awesome.
2: Go on down the Never a the